There's one thing that we're not at all clear of, and that is that we have two distinct ways of being in the world or modes of being in the world that are very distinct um, from each other. So generally speaking, we don't have any awareness of this and we might slide from one mode of being to the other mode of being without paying any heed to it. So that's one thing that can help us from always interacting with the world via our thinking as if that is the only proper way to relate to our environment is by some kind of rationally or conceptually um, moderated modality. So one mode of being in the world is where we're trying to change things. In other words, where we're problem solving. And the other way of being in the world is where we're not trying to change anything, we're just being in the world. Now just being in the world without trying to change anything is very, very simple. It's supremely simple, but it's also one of the most difficult things for us as adults to ever do. So we could say that when we were children, for the most part, we were pretty good at being in the world without thinking about being in the world. In other words, we were good at living in a non-complicated way without rationally processing everything. And later on, it's obviously very much the case that we're processing everything we're thinking all the time. Everything that we do it just about is the result of thought. It's as if everything has to be the result of thought, thought or has to be proceeding from an original thought. So that means that thought is in the driver's chair. Thought is calling the shots. And it's because thought is calling the shots that we're always trying to change everything because thought can only ever strive so as to change things, to change things so that they accord better with its ideal, which is its theory or image or model of how things should be. Thought always has an image or picture of how things should be. Of course, um, thought has always has an image of how things should be because thought is nothing else than the process of turning everything into images or turning everything into categories or signifiers. So thought's language is made up of loads of abstract signifiers and if we took those abstract signifiers away which is kind of like a cognitive overlay on top of reality, then we take thought away. Having a picture of what's going on is 
very useful if we want to change things in a specific way. It That works very well. But the whole of life isn't about changing things. We can hardly spend our entire lives trying to change this and change that. At least we wouldn't think we could do that. In practice, we pretty much do. We have at the in the back of our head somewhere an idea that when we've fixed things enough or controlled things well enough or essentially when we've solved the problem of life that everything will be great from that point on. That is the basic assumption that we're all making, whether we know that we're making it or not. And so this keeps us tied into our thinking, because no matter how tedious and tiresome it might be, we're relying on the fact that we'll get there. We'll get to this place where we don't have to be thinking and controlling and manipulating the whole time, where we can just chill out. So that really is thought's trick to offer that as a carrot. If you think enough, you'll get to the place where you don't have to think anymore, which is not true. But all of this has the result of us always interacting with the world in a thinking type way, in other words, with a view to how we might change it to be more advantageous to ourselves. And from a naive point of view, we might say, well, that sounds good because I would like things to be more advantageous for myself rather than less advantageous. So that seems to make sense. And it makes so much sense that our whole civilization is really about optimization, about finding ways of making things easier for ourselves and getting rid of stuff we don't like and arranging the optimum situation for ourselves in as much as we can. It just turns out that having this view of life is a dead end. Because we'll never get it exactly right. We'll never get the situation which suits our preferences exactly right. There'll always be something that's um, spilling out over the boundaries that we need to take care of. And actually, even if we did get everything right as a purely hypothetical case of a case of something that could never happen, but we can imagine what would happen if it did, if we did get everything to accord perfectly with our preferences, we would have created something of a nightmare. We would have created a closed down world, a world that exactly reflects our ideas about it. And the thing about that is, that isn't a real world, that's just our ideas manifesting or masquerading as the real world. So it's not real and it is stagnant. It's a closed down state. So the best controlling can ever do when we're 
putting controlling on charge in charge of everything is create a world which isn't actually a world at all but a reflection of what we would like to believe the world is the actual process of learning has nothing to do with control therefore because as long as i'm committed to controlling there's no learning learning means seeing that the way i was controlling things and the goals i had in mind are irrelevant or inappropriate or just downright stupid in the sense that they're just going to create trouble and I should have really looked into it a bit more. Thought is hasty, it jumps to conclusions. So even as adults we can see that there are times in our lives where trying to change things the whole time is not good. If you're in the company of someone whose company you appreciate, then it's not really the helpful thing to be trying to change things, because that will preoccupy us and stop us appreciating their company. We'll be too busy doing, doing our controlling. Another example would be where we are enjoying a particular situation. It could be where we're eating a meal. In order to enjoy that meal, it's necessary to stop thinking about how the meal could be better or what we could do to improve it or comparing it. All that type of mental activity stops us actually enjoying what we're doing. So controlling, when it gets beyond itself, it's an illness that stops us appreciating life. And the same is true for creativity. Now we might think of being creative as a situation where we're trying to change things in accordance to how we th with our thoughts, but that isn't the case. That's controlling. Creativity is something very, very different. We're not controlling, and thereby, by not controlling, we're allowing something to emerge that doesn't come from our thoughts, something that is coming from a deeper level. Everything that comes out of our thinking is pure copying. It's the um, reproduction of a template There is no way that thought can ever be creative. So when we are being creative, we're experimenting with putting thought on the back burner and seeing what happens when thought does not compulsively interfere in the way that it always does. So what we're doing is when we're able to do that, we're being in the world without thinking about being in the world. 